0: Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. Robert, along with Sports Radio Six Ten, Sean Bajani. And joining us is Greg Lucas, who spent nearly 30 of his nearly 45 years in television on the Astros, Rockets, and Houston Area Regional Sports Broadcast. Greg is also an Astros historian, author, and even an occasional film actor. Most importantly, Greg puts up with my occasional Astros debates with him on the phone. Welcome back, Greg.
1: Uh, welcome back uh, to you, too. And, you know, we had a debate a couple of days ago, and I'm, uh, I'm agreeing on one of your position players, that at least for the time being. Yeah, we'll get there. But uh, <laughs> just uh,
0: Astros off to a quick
1: three and four
0: start. Not a good three and four yeah. start, but a, a three and four start. What caught, What's caught your eye early on, Greg?
1: Oh, there were a few things that were a little weak. Uh, the offense in general was not scoring as many, especially early. And this, this happened to the team in past years, too, where they've they've not really scored very many runs early in the game, which has put a lot of pressure on their pitchers, and their pitchers, therefore, have wound up using too many pitches and have not gone as deep as they need to. But uh, that will work its way out. The, uh, the pitchers generally do take a time or two through the rotation before they uh, – they start being able to spread it out a little bit, get a few more innings under their belt. And the same thing with the hitters. They'll go through little stretches where, uh, uh, you know, Bregman has been very erratic. He he had one game where he came out of it, and then he went back and went over 5, and Pena was uh, in a big 0 for a while. and uh, So that'll happen. That'll happen in the course of the entire season. As one person noted, if this happens in July, they win three and they lose four, nobody thinks too much of it. But uh, – When you start the season that way, everyone starts to panic.
2: I think that's a great point because you're actually seeing those numbers, you know, right out of the gate. So you see three and four. You see Mm -hmm. the runs scored and the runs scored against. I think it's a great point. You know, I used to kind of get bent out of shape uh, after about the first couple of three games, even week worths of games when people start freaking out about the start, whether it's hot or bad, you know. Um, and now I just kind of find it a little bit more amusing because I kind of come at it this way. You know, the Astros during the stretch that they've been on over the course of the last six years, going into this year, fresh off of another World Series championship, like we we know who these guys are. We know what they're capable of. They're a lot of them are proven uh, commodities, so to speak. And, you know, Bregman is one of those guys that's got this, you know, slow start bug, but. You know, what's a slow start? I was looking at his numbers last year because I heard somebody on the radio say, oh, yeah, Bregman started slow again last year. Well, hell, he started a hell of a lot slower uh, before than what he did last year. After about 16 games, he was hitting 294 with three homers and, you know, 16, 17, 18 RBI. So what's a slow start? And then the guy goes through a no for 17 slump, and then he gets hot again. Well, he goes through a no for 16 slump to start the season this year. And then he busts out with a three-hit game and has another hit uh, yesterday. And for all we know, the guy's probably going to go on a 10 or 11-game hitting streak. He's just one of those guys, like there are so many, Greg and Robert, that they just love the grind. They love to work. And that's why I love and appreciate this team. And I don't worry about what they're doing or not doing a week into the season.
1: I don't worry about them in one regard. Uh, You know, we don't know how good brentley's going to be he could be a guriel from last year we don't know because he's older and he's been hurt but we have a reason to believe that altuve will be all right he's not an old man and that uh, when he comes back that's one more bat in the lineup uh and uh in the meantime the guys that are playing in place of him mainly two guys that are doing it are getting a lot of at bats and this has got to help you down the line because uh uh, they're gonna they're gonna feel more in in sync with what's going on in the game when they don't have to play every day and uh, I think that uh, that's why we shouldn't be overly concerned this is not the best astro team that it will be by the end of the season or maybe in two months uh so consequently um they're three and four so what they, you know there were some pitching weaknesses bullpen failed a few times and it hardly ever failed last year uh but it did there were times it did fail mm-hmm. and um so Let's just wait and see. Plus, don't forget this. This team has traditionally been pretty good on the road, uh, especially starting seasons. Uh, even though they're going to go into some colder weather here to start, um, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, they uh, they had a lot of ceremonies and celebrations going on those first uh, four games. And uh, and and then they, they ran into a Detroit team that had some pretty good pitching. Actually, they ran into a uh, first series team that had some pretty good pitching too. Yeah. They'll be okay. They're three and four. They could be one and six. Then I'd be a little more worried. Three and four. Not worried.
2: You know, uh, Dusty Baker, I think it was him the other day, made a pretty good point. Um, I don't think there was another team in Major League Baseball that had more participants in the World Baseball Classic. You know, so Mm -hmm. from being away um, from your guys, from your every day, day in and day out routine and spring training, not to mention the great point that you just had. And it's a good problem because starting the season at home with all of the ceremonies, the trophies, the rings, the banners, you know, just the, the fanfare um, you know, it's, that's not routine. And we know ball players are creatures of habit and they've been doing the same thing or making adjustments upon the same sort of routine for years Um, maybe, you know, going back to, you know, high school for a lot of these guys. So in that regard, I just don't worry about it as well. Um, I'll say this, you know, I'm curious your thoughts, Greg, Robert, um, you know, the pitching so far, I wonder if the world baseball classic has a little something to do with it. And I also think maybe from my own opinion, um, you know, teams handle their starters a little bit differently. They're all individuals. So They all got them pegged, you know, for a certain type of pitch count or, uh, you know, goal going into their first start of the season. But were you all surprised that, you know, you almost make it through the first, uh, you know, rotation and nobody had gone, you know, six innings? I mean, thankfully, Framberg, you know, pitched his butt off the other night. But did that concern you at all going
1: in? Uh, It concerned me, but it wasn't, I don't think, unexpected, Uh, I think, because of the reasons you gave. Uh, they had, uh, at least two of the starters had worked in the world classic and, well, three and reliever with Presley. And, uh, they had, uh, so they were out off of the spring training routine. Um, and then of course you also had the, the bit where, uh, a uh, couple of little minor injuries in the spring that kind of may have set some people back. But here's the way I look at a game. And I don't I know how many people do. I look at a game, not only how many hits they they got or didn't get, how many balls were hit well. How many guys were not – I won't say robbed. Well, I'll use one example. Dubon is not a good hitter. But you remember the game where he would have hit a triple clearing the bases if the right fielder had not been a diving catch. Mm -hmm. That would have won that – it was one of the games they lost. They won it. Uh, And uh, also the number of times that other guys on the team have hit the ball right on the nose, guys diving catches or great catches. White Sox had a couple of great catches that robbed the Astros. If they're hitting the ball well, then I'm okay. Uh, the more often they're hitting the ball and the same thing goes with pitching. Um, some of the guys have had some tough luck. They've had some, made some pretty good pitches, and guys have hit them off the end of the bat and blooped them in. They're not, they're not getting line drive to death, and if they're not getting line drive out to death, then I'm okay. And I, so basically, I'm okay, except for the three and four. It'd be nice if it was, you know, four and two or something, but they're five and two. But uh, I'm okay. You and mentioned the.
0: You mentioned the uh, diving catches. Has that been kind of a little bit of the unintended consequences of taking away the shift that we're getting to see some more exciting defensive plays, Greg?
1: I think it's very possible. Uh, You know, a lot of them have been in the outfield, but uh, so the shift maybe didn't have anything to do with it. But, uh, yeah, there have been some good plays on the infield, too, where guys have had to make, you know, plays they wouldn't have had to make, especially on the right side if the shift were in effect, because there would have been a guy from short right field that would have fielded the ball. I think so too. I, I think to me, that is the best of the new rules, the timing thing. ah, They'll work that out. That's everybody's too fired up about how long the games are to me. But um, I think the, the changing of of no extreme shifts, they can still shift. They just can't make it extreme. And uh, you know, they can still take balls away from guys that hit them up the middle we've seen that because a shortstop can play right on that borderline and he's take they've taken away some hits but they can't extreme shift so especially for left-handed hitters uh it's uh I like it. I like the fact that that's gone. That to me is the biggest rule the bigger bases and uh, uh even the clock accepted eh, when it when it actually has to be used. Then I'm not happy with it. The one that I still hate the most is our favorite extra inning rule. I hate that. Ugh. I absolutely. I will. I, I still will not watch a game once it gets past nine.
2: I saw I'll, your Facebook post the other
1: night. I'll find out later that. what happened, but I don't. It's not. It's, it's not baseball. I, I will. I will let them bend the rules if they want to. If they want to use that as a, let's say after twelve innings, then we use it, or if they want to after twelve innings, they want to call them the ties. I'm not even. A, I'm not even opposed to that. If there's, if they're so concerned with time which seems to be what they are, let's just work around it. But- yeah,
2: I, I think it's, you know, the pace of play, time. They're certainly mm-hmm. worried about that. I mean, that is obvious just given the changes that they've made here in, you know, the last couple of three years. But I also think, you know, the extra inning issues become, uh, you know, probably something bargained by, you know, players in terms of like their usage and stretching guys so thin and how many, I mean, you know, to, to be honest with you, Greg, if if I never have to see Brett Phillips take a pitcher's mound again, you know I'll be I'll be satisfied. See, you know?
1: here's the, here's the problem with this: during all the years of the baseball, where there were no ghost runners or unearned runners, and the pitching staffs were sometimes as few as ten or eleven pitchers. Yeah, they played extra inning games. It is the fact that nobody can p- pitch that deep anymore, because frankly, they're throwing so hard. They didn't throw that hard, uh, you know, 40 years ago. Yep. I, I remember when I started in baseball with the Rangers in major leagues, I went to spring training one time, and and, and uh, there were guys who were starting pitchers. They were they were veterans. They were throwing the fastball at 82, 83 miles an hour. <laughs> that was 30 years ago, but they were. And, in fact, as recently as about 1989, I think it was the number, the average major league fastball was is it was about 5 miles an hour less than it is today and that's the biggest change in baseball and that in fact to me is the biggest reason why games got long
2: yeah you, you know uh, what's but, uh, you're you're talking about the fastball and just guys uh, th- their athletic ability i have a baseball card to this day nolan ryan it was probably like a 1993 donruss right and on the bottom of the card it's like fastest pitch ever recorded like 100.3 mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whatever how many guys in major league baseball over the course of the last let's just say three to five years greg you know have thrown 102 103 i mean there's oh, that yeah. freaky guy out there i can't remember his name he's you know was chapman up- well, has. there's another has. guy. I think he spot up one oh three or one oh four. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's that's the biggest change. And that's what people have to take into consideration as to why games got long. It, it, pitchers, frankly, were harder to hit. A lot more foul balls, a lot more balls taken because the guys had no chance. And this so-called working the count was mostly as a, as a safety. This saved me. And because he could do it, because the guys weren't throwing as many strikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've got a pitcher, it's to this day it will throw strike one, strike two, strike three. The game's going to be a lot faster, but they can't. And, uh, or if they do, four of them are fouled off then. And that, yeah. that, that, that slows it down. It's, it's, it goes through cycles, but they throw so hard now. And partly because they don't conserve themselves at all. The old, the old guys like Bob Gibson throw all these complete games. They were not throwing as hard as they could from the first inning, but nowadays they are. They're throwing as hard as they can the first inning because they have, you know, they have to conserve themselves. More balls were hit, but the good pitchers didn't give up that many hits even even though more balls were hit. So it's, just, it's a different game. I just get the problem with us being so concerned about how long it's being played and blaming it on everything except the fact that it's really the pitchers. Uh, they're, they're just that much better in general.
0: Speaking of sw- swing and miss guys and and a pitcher that I think is potentially going to be on the trading block, I think he could be in the middle of the season. And I don't know what you think about this, Greg, and and feel free to chime in, Sean. But, you know, when I look at what Jose Arquidi does, he he's not a swing and miss guy. He's not somebody that's ever going to be a top four starter on a playoff team. You know, he's great because you can also move into the bullpen. He's got some good control. But his contract is running out. The ch- the cheap Jose Arcidi contract is r- running out. You're going to have to mm-hmm. consider signing him to an extension. And I don't think he's somebody that the Astros would sign to an extension. And one of the d- most impressive things to me early on in this season and in spring training as well has been Renell Bron- Blanco and Blanco being yeah. a potential starter. And Dana Brown openly expressing his love for Renell Blanco and and rightly so for what we've seen of him so far. Do do you think Arcidi could be on the block like I do come come uh, trade deadline?
1: Well, I, Yeah, I, I, it, a lot of it will have to do with, you know, what they're looking for. Uh, and uh, because they do have some pitchers still in the minor leagues, not maybe highly touted from a, uh, you know, major league, the best players and coming up and all that stuff. But they do have some arms. And uh they've also discovered they've got some other players, I mean, uh, in the minor leagues that are not highly touted, but have when given a chance to play up here. Not stars, but able to play up here. Jolks is the most recent current example because the guy's uh hit the ball a little bit. And uh he was not highly touted. Uh probably was not the best in the in the in the uh spring. He was okay, but he wasn't the best. the, the right fielder kid, the left handed hitter, was probably the better one, but Jokes is the, – the story I like about Jokes is how he went down and uh, they worked with him in Florida last summer in the middle of the season, and all of a sudden he hit 31 home runs last year. So they, they saw something, and they want to see what he does up here. And that's uh, that's what this organization has done. But I, I totally agree. If they are going to uh, uh, trade a starting pitcher, Urquidy would do – well, he was on the – he thought he was going to get traded last year, if you remember.
2: Yeah, and that was going to be – you know my point is mm-hmm. – you know, what could potentially be the change last year into this year? I I think it largely comes down to, uh, for Erkiti, performance, um, and then what exactly you're looking for in return. Like, where else are you lacking? Um, If he's a guy that you feel comfortable with moving on from because you've got somebody else in your arsenal, great. But the return piece would be, you know, something valuable Maybe it's helping center field. Maybe it's another utility, uh, you know, player or something like that, or helping the bullpen. We're going to have to kind of wait and see. But, you know, you remember, guys, at the time when Erkidi's name was floated, and, you know, we didn't learn about this until after the season uh, was over, that, you know, Dusty, you know, stepped up and, you know, squashed that deal. And uh, I, I, maybe Crane did as well, you know, with Click, who wanted to move him for uh, Wilson Contreras, right, to Chicago. Um, you know, Kitty was pitching really good. And Baker, according to the article, you know, was like, well, hey, you know, he's, he's a great character guy and we love his story. We love, you know, the relationship that he has with the catchers and the teammates. And so what's what could potentially have changed from last year to this year for that to even be an idea or an option for Dana Brown, who is until he proves otherwise or even just does anything, says he's going to be an aggressive general manager.
0: The well, one thing that could it, have changed nothing. is yeah. the fact that Arcidi has got one less year on his contract. Yeah. John. That's what I'm talking about yeah. Like his yeah. contract is running out sure. where you're going to pay him cheap money for what he does. And the other thing that could, could potentially change is Renell Blanco. If Forrest yeah. Whitley starts looking good mm-hmm. in the minor leagues, which, you know, he had the great outing right before the season started, you know, it, it, there's a many a factor that I think could be in that, but Arcidi getting off to a slow start, uh in and, and his first start that we saw from him, I just thought, man, that's that's a guy that, you know, you gotta think down the line, he's not big in the Astros plans. And so he he's put and, and, and it also is gonna depend on
1: Lance McCullough's health, to be honest. Uh yes, because that that right, because there, there might not be a spot for him in the in the rotation after that. And he could be a, a, a trade for a minor league, top minor league, not a guy to actually play on this team. Yeah. And of course a lot of that has to do with the fan favorite in center field, because if McCormick uh, last couple of games, he's had last, last game uh, he had a tremendous game and he's had a good first seven for the ones he's played mm-hmm. and uh, he's a fan's favorite and uh, he's other people's favorite. And if he honestly can uh, take that position, then that uh, that alleviates maybe the need to go out and try to find somebody who's a little faster, just a little faster, covers a little more ground or, you know, it's a little stronger arm, whatever. Uh, that, that's also one of the, the
0: strongest play. positions in this organization is the outfield and in center field because they just drafted two center fielders in the first and second round last year. And those guys were college guys. So they're going to be sped through yeah. the organization, according to Dana Brown.
1: So, so the, you know, if they traded her, Keedy, it could be for some lower, uh, you know, minor league prospect because the team that's acquiring wants him in the rotation now. Yeah. And the Astros maybe don't need anybody in the rotation or bullpen now, but they want some another good arm again, because uh, as uh, as Robert pointed out, uh, you can't forget the contract situations. If fans always are talking about thinking of player, 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 and they they forget that the behind the scenes stuff is the money and you and, and contract situations and you have to always take those into consideration.
2: Yeah, that's a great point, guys. Um, You know, I fall victim to that, too, because we're constantly talking about and grading these guys internally every outing that they have. And so sometimes, yeah, you're right. The last thing we all think about is contractually and how it might not make sense for what we're seeing with our eyes on the field today, but it makes perfect business sense. And so that's the unfortunate part of the business sometimes.
0: You mentioned Corey Jokes, Greg, and I, I just want to ask you about him because uh, I've been very impressed. I love his compact swing, and sometimes the guy just looks like he's going to hit the ball as soon as he steps mm-hmm. into the box.
1: Yeah, he, he really has taken advantage of this opportunity. He was, of course, uh, non-roster, and but again, it's because he came up and had such a great year last year, and they he had so much change. He was not a power guy before last year, and all of a sudden, he hits 31 home runs. And that was because he had taken to coaching and he had figured it out. And um, so you give him a shot. There was, a, there was an opening in the outfield this year to begin the season uh, with no Brantley. And um, give him a shot. And, and he's he's taken advantage of it. And again, even if he doesn't stick because of the numbers game, when Brantley comes back, uh, the Astros may learn that uh, he's valuable. And again, potential trade bait if you have to make some kind of a deal in the offseason. Or during the season,
2: you know, Greg, uh, you know, with getting into contracts and, you know, player production and things like that. And we're talking about fans and how emotional they can be. And, you know, even us, we fall victim to that, um, you know, just like anybody else. What did you make of Dana Brown's comments uh, a couple of weeks back in regards to Kyle Tucker's contractual situation Um You know, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve were names that were brought up. And he, I don't even think he was two weeks on the job, Greg, before he'd said, hey, these guys, we want them to retire as Astros. What do you think the likelihood, you know, the possibility is with those guys? And we've got a couple of seasons before you really need to maybe seriously worry about that. What do you think the likelihood is that the Astros, Dana Brown, can lock these guys up?
1: I think, for, I think for Bregman and all, too, because when their contracts are up now, they will be possibly a little bit past uh, prime time for getting the big long-term stuff. So that would give them a, a much of a better opportunity to, to hook them up. Uh, Tucker's going to be tough because they haven't done it yet. And I know why they didn't do it yet. He's got to show them. He's gotta, you can't just throw it out there. And, and he's, if he shows them this year, then it'll be even harder. But on the same token, if the Astros do have some of these young outfielders, that uh, they take that sort of stuff into consideration too. Um, they made an offer for Correa. It wasn't what he wanted. They lost him, and look what they found. They yeah. had somebody in the system. Now, is he going to Is he going to be really as good as Correa's potential? I don't know. We'll have to see him play more games. Play more years. But he has certainly been good enough to do what he did last year for this team and there's no reason to think that he's not going to continue to be a very good shortstop. Do the other guys in the minor leagues? Now do they have third baseman? Do they have the positions we're talking about? Second baseman that, you know, all two Van Bregman. Do they have anybody that might be pushing them? I don't think they do right now. So that's another reason. Do you have guys pushing in various positions? Um then uh, how what you do with the veterans and they get into that big term stuff is a little different. Um if the Astros had a no, no question major league defense offense center fielder down there that isn't just potential, uh, that might make a difference too in what they what they they do. But right now, they um, uh, Chaz is taking advantage of his time to play, uh, and um, as long as he keeps doing that, there's no hurry. I think Altuve is the one that is most likely
0: to stay because I want to say he's going to be 34 when this contract ends and mm-hmm. he's somebody that's shown that he wants to be here. I don't think Altuve is like, I'm trying to get the next dollar. Tucker's going to be the hardest to wrap into because, you know, he's going to be the youngest when his contract runs out. And I also just kind of feel like they've tried and tried with Tucker already to get that that extension done. And it seems like Tucker might be much harder. I mean, you know, Jordan actually came up after Kyle Tucker and, you could look at the two of them and they've both kind of shown what they can do. So I don't, I don't think it's a question of whether they believe in Kyle Tucker. It's just, you know, they've, they've tried and, they, and they've been open about it and he's going to be a little bit tougher. It seems like the Latin ball players are just more likely as we've seen with some of the extensions.
1: I agree with you. I think in Tucker's case, he's kind of in a, he, he's, he's a star in Houston and he was a gold glove winner, but he is, he's not a superstar. Uh, he, You know, he's not a 300 hitter 40 home run, you know, 120 RBI guy. He's he's a good player and he's a star player and he's certainly the best right fielder they've had for years. But, um, you know, how will he be valued? Uh, will he be valued as highly by other clubs when he's a free agent? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. I, yeah. I think the Astros aren't done trying to sign him, but I think it's a question of uh, probably have to wait now till after the year. I know you. his price is
0: going to go up too because – this these new rules hitter. will help him a
1: bunch. They yeah. should. They should yeah. they should make him a three hundred hitter, what I'm talking about. Yeah,
0: oh, they should. That,
2: that's what I was gonna say. You know, presumably, I mean, he's basically been a thirty one hundred guy the last couple of years and became almost became a thirty thirty guy last year. I think he fell five stolen bases short. If he's a thirty thirty guy this year, I mean they have you know RBI guys in this oh, line' almost top to bottom
1: if he if he's not a 30 30 guy this year and uh Chaz has already stolen four bases and he still went two last year uh then something's wrong because Tucker should yeah. be able to take advantage of that yeah he's I was cooking.
2: just gonna say though I mean he's he's probably gonna do it if he's healthy and I mean that price tag is just going to go up another guy I didn't mention I can't believe it slipped my mind is fromber you know who's obviously been in negotiations as well along with Tucker Um, I don't know what you view this staff as, you know, Greg, in, you know, I'll preface my question to you with this, you know, anytime you lose a future hall of famer on a staff, it should hurt. It should absolutely sting. And I don't know if it was just riding the high of a world series championship and just looking at the raw potential, you know, that we thought this staff could turn into after, what they did last year. I mean, top to bottom behind Verlander. I mean, you suffered through a lengthy absence of Lance McCullers and a little bit of a hiccup late in the season with Verlander, but everything that Javier did, Garcia and Fromber and Urquidy. And man, then you get Brown. that looks like Verlander 2.0, you know, coming up. You know, I, I liked the rotation. And when you lost mm-hmm. Verlander, it was like, it wasn't even the Band-Aid approach, Greg. It was like, you felt okay about it, but do you still feel the same way? And do the Astros need that ace? And is Fromber that ace to anchor this staff for years to come?
1: Uh, that's a, a big question because Verlander was what they used to call him, stoppers in the old days. You know, the guy that was in the rotation. That man, if we've had a, we've lost three straight, he's coming up. He's yeah. the stopper. What has made it more difficult to have stoppers on most teams in recent years is the fact that there there really are very few pitchers that will go very deep in games. When I say very deep, seven is a is basically a complete game anymore. And uh, so they aren't really able to be full game stoppers. I think uh, I don't know if there is what I would call a stopper on this rotation. Now, obviously, Framber last year was pretty close to being one because he had all those quality starts. A dubious distinction at best. Three runs in six innings is a four point five in run average. So, I think they ought to have changed it to two runs in seven. But that's set to be a real quality start. But the, that's a, that's beside the point. The fact is, I don't know whether they have a real stopper. Maybe we will find out in the course of the year. Uh, I do think that Brown has the stuff. That if he can he can harness his command. uh He's got the stuff that he could develop into a stopper. His his first start. Numbers-wise, didn't look very good. But if you again, if you watched it, how many handle hits and pits off the ha- the middle of the bat or little dribblers, he gave up a lot of soft hits, and that that's of course contributed to runs and contributed to his bad numbers. But he actually was quite impressive when he threw enough strikes. He got in a little trouble when he got a little tired, and that's something he's got to overcome. But I really like his stuff, and I think he could develop into a stopper with this team.
0: Fromers ERA in the postseason, 3.41 in the last three seasons. And, you know, he's come up in pretty big situations. And he's somebody that just, it seems like, has become somebody that you rely on. So, for me, you know, is he Justin Verlander in the regular season? No, not yet, maybe. doesn't have the consistency that Verlander, you know, hasn't shown that yet. As far as, you know, years as a good pitcher. But post uh, postseason from Valdez is better or has been better than Justin Verlander has been the last few years. So, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I know he hasn't done it for 10 years or 20 years like Justin Verlander has, but I, I don't know how you can't say that Framber Valdez
1: is in, in one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Well, no, he is one of the best pitchers. I I, I was talking about really a particular type of best pitcher, but yes, he, uh, he definitely is. And uh, you know, uh, but all of them have had their moments, you know, the, they, they, all, all the guys in the rotation, except maybe Brown yet, but all of them really have had their moments and uh, of, of greatness. Uh, Luis Garcia, his five scoreless innings in the 18 inning game doesn't get enough credit because if he gives up one run, the game's over. And he had, to, he had to be perfect five innings in a row in a pressure situation. That's pretty impressive too. and uh, so there were there, everyone's had their moments last year, and I think uh, I think we'll have that again this year.
2: you know, Greg, uh, people already want to use the word and um, the the definition of it has become very very loose um, you know over the years, but dynasty is you know kind of what mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about. And I bring it up because I read an article uh, yesterday in fact that was asking the question, you know which one of these teams? could knock the Astros off their stride, um, you know, for a a chance to repeat as World Series champions. We all know no team has done it uh, since the New York Yankees did the three-peat, you know, from the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, What team out there do you think in baseball could knock the Astros off of their stride, prevent them from winning a second World Series uh, back-to-back this year?
1: uh in to get there that would we start with the american league um that's the same old story i mean i i'm not a real sold on the total yankee team but they do have a lot of lot of players and they are good and they're going to win a lot of games uh i would be more concerned probably when you got to the world series because i i, I think uh, obviously the dodgers have underperformed but they've also now had some changes in their roster i mean since like 2017 they've had a lot of new different faces. And uh, some of their pitchers are, well, their stars, getting older. Uh, the Braves aren't a fluke. I don't, I, I don't count the Mets as as big a threat. The Phillies should be, but they certainly have gotten off to a slow start, even slower than the Astros. And they've had say, you know, some major holes with their pitching, unless the Rangers are really good uh they, their pitching really dropped off when they opened the season, so I think it's the same old usual suspects myself i don't see i I do say that the winning the west may be a little tougher they may not win it by as many games, so their own division will be a little tougher of course they won't be playing as many games in the division either so that i don't, how does that work? It depends on what everyone does against everyone else, i guess um no, they're hey, winning the world series and being the top team is no, is not difficult, it's not hard, it's, just, it's not easy. Uh, because there's so many fluky things, yet the Astros, once they got to the postseason last year, made it look easy. They won the first seven games, yeah. And and uh, you know, there are dreams of them sweeping the whole thing, they were that playing that well, and uh, but that's not easy. That That's uh, we sell it short. I mean, they, they could have won two in a row last year you know if they've been able to beat the braves but the braves were better than they were in those six games
0: well it's i'll give you the answer to this it's pretty easy anybody can knock the astros off this year yeah. in, in any series because it's baseball and yeah. the yeah. second yeah. thing is injuries uh injuries 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 when the astros mm-hmm. have not been able to win the world series the last few years justin verlander has missed a couple of seasons lance mccullers has had injuries that have cost you in the playoffs alex Bregman has had injuries that's cost you in the playoffs if, if you get injured at the wrong time with the wrong guys, I mean, we know this in any sport, That that's, that's exactly it. Right. Health,
1: health, 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 health. It is health. And, and especially when it, when it really matters down the stretch. And uh, hopefully the Astros will have that uh, even well before that by the end of May or first part of June. Well, they're going to get Brantley back before that, but he, Altuve by yeah. the end of May 1st of June. And I, I suspect Altuve once he gets the cast off and starts doing the, the exercises and the he's going to be in a hurry. He's going to say, Hey, this is my, I'm a right, right-handed batter. I don't even need this thumb. You can use me as a DH <laughs> if I can't throw properly. Yeah, he, he, be-
2: he might be chomping at the bit already so much. He's probably already figured out he didn't need the thumb, but the Astros <laughs> wanted to sit there and think about that one for a little bit. You know, yeah. it's, it's a great point, Robert. You know, I, I love these kinds of conversations because, you know, we get to talk about other ball clubs and, um the the crazy thing about baseball, the best thing about baseball is, you know, there is so much parity. You know, I, I think back to my question with the Yankees. That third championship in a row, that was by far their worst season, regular season of the stretch. They won like 84, 85 ball games that year. Uh, maybe it was ninety, I can't remember. Um, I think it was 84, 85. I think it was actually Cleveland that won ninety ball games, didn't even win their own division and make the playoffs. But the Yankees, they caught fire and they got a little lucky that year. If you remember, Jamie Moyer was still pitching, you know, um, he got a busted kneecap, didn't go against the Yankees. And it was just little things. They they just catch fire and nobody was hotter than them in the postseason. And they went on to win that third straight world series. Whereas I'm thinking about it now, you know, the Padres have loaded up.
1: Yes. Um, yes. They,
2: they look like a really scary team and, You were going on down the line. Well, the Phillies, well, the Braves. Hey, don't forget about the Dodgers. There are so many darn super teams, Greg, that Mm -hmm. I would deem like super teams. They're riddled with talent. Like, it's unbelievable. Dodgers, Braves, Phillies, Padres out of the NL. So if you're talking about just getting there, those are the teams that would prevent, but even just getting to the World Series, I'm looking in the own div- in our own division. You know, I always have a lot of respect for the Seattle Mariners, and I don't know what it is, but they just seem to be the team that plays us the best.
1: Mm-hmm. They, and, they're they're kind of, they, Well, and both the Angels, and the Angels. I don't know how much they improved themselves, but they've got two superstars. Yeah, the Rangers don't discount them being so much more improved. Now, how much more improved? I don't know, but they can they can knock you off because they've got a. A, a nice solid lineup, and I think their pitching—you know—if Degrom doesn't get hurt again uh, seriously, that's made their pitching better already. And um, so they—they will be a team that, if they don't beat you, they can beat you enough times that can cause some problems overall. So yeah, I, I agree. But getting hot down the stretch and being healthy down the stretch is crucial—not only to make the postseason, but then to win in the postseason. And frankly it's your pitchers. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, you know, if your pitchers dominate, uh, you you can slump a little bit or you can have a regular guy that isn't playing, uh, even though you'd rather he was, but it, the pitching can dominate. Uh, that's, that's the key. Why, why do the Astros beat the Yankees as much as they do. It's pitching. Mm-hmm. These guys keep them under control. And, um, um, and the Yankees pitchers are not quite as good is the Astro pitchers? They're good, but they're not quite as good. Yeah, and that's got to continue to keep all, everybody at uh, at bay. Same thing with the Padres. Padres lineup is loaded. Yes. What will they What will they do against the Astros pitching? They may do great against average pitching around baseball, but the Astros pitching is uh, has always been above average. Yeah. Postseason, we talk about this all the time. You know, Verlander finally winning a World Series game. Well, he was not the same postseason mm-hmm. ever. He won some games in the playoffs, but uh, he wasn't really the difference. And so consequently, um, you know, it's, it's usually pitching. And I think I'm confident the Astros, again, if they stay healthy, they'll be okay with their pitching.
0: Yeah, just think about 2019. The Astros, all around, a much better team than the Nationals, I would say. But you got two hot starters, and that's all it takes. And you can't win a single
1: home game i i'm sorry well washington didn't win any either but they oh, had the yeah. advantage of not they had the advantage of not only getting three <laughs> and the astros with the home field advantage that was not an advantage that was the strangest circumstance i think i i know in, in world series baseball history no home team winning a single game
2: yeah and you know you got to be there to make it but The Astros have been in the mix more times than not over the course of the last six years and from a historical element. And I know you know a lot of this, Greg, and I can't recall a lot of the off the top of my head. But those are one of the instances. The Astros have just been a part of a lot of postseason and World Series history, whether they've whether it's been on the right side or the wrong side. It's just phenomenal. You know when you really look at some of those strange occurrences that have happened over the course of the last
1: six well, years, well and we got started talking about the word dynasty and in my way of thinking, there's really only been one dynasty in baseball, and it was the it was the Yankees more than once. however, modern time, present time, the Astros are as close as you can come, and if they win another World series uh then maybe not a Yankee dynasty, but they would be a dynasty of their own,
2: yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think modern day because sports is so different mm-hmm. now, um, you know, in, in, in any sport, um, you almost have to amend, you know, the word dynasty, you know, and I think that's what's happened and people want to kind of do it every year. But yeah, a dynasty with the Yankees a couple of times throughout the course of their, you know, rich history, but the Celtics, the Lakers, you know, in yeah. basketball, um, you know, look at what the Patriots, the Patriots, that's a legitimate NFL dynasty. It was. Um, And maybe the Kansas City Chiefs are on the precipice of that, Uh, but you still see how so far they have to go, you know, to just meet Belichick and Brady there, you know, for the Astros doing what they're doing, how hard it is, as you were saying, how difficult it is. And so many things have to go right uh, with the specialization of the sport. Now, I don't mind the amendment of the word dynasty, you know, but I think one more. One more World Series championship, you know, we can seriously uh, talk about that D word with well, the Astros.
1: Well, you know, four out of six, uh, you know, in the uh, and then all those ALCSs that they got to, even the ones they didn't win, the, yeah. they they got to got to. Uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty doggone good. And uh, yeah, I I I think that uh, you know the two World Series they did lose, not counting the White Sox when back. When they lost four straight, but the uh, in the American League, the, the two they lost were very frustrating. None more so than obviously the one to Washington because of the circumstances yeah. I talked about. And the Braves, well, they took them out in six, so they were the better team in that series. And so, mm-hmm. but it was the Astros that bounced back the next year, not the Braves. Yeah, and so that's that sets them apart.
2: <laughs> you know, just going through this. I, I don't know. I'm sure you guys heard Jim Crane say the other day and I, I still kind of find it funny. But and, and I feel sorry for him a little bit because Crane does strike me a little bit as a OCD, you know, kind of a individual or he just and he even said as much. You know, he was asked uh, about uh, repeating, I guess, uh, this year. And he's like, well, you know, we've we've I, he goes, I tell people, you know, we've replaced the small banners with the big banners and, you know, we've got the American League championships out there. There's four of them. And we've only got, you know, or three of them. And then we got the two World Series. And so we need one more because I like things balanced. And I was just thinking <laughs> in my head, I'm like, well, Jim, that's like not going to work out for you. <laughs> Cause you're winning a World Series. You're getting enough. pin it up there too, bud. <laughs> that thing's just going to sting for life
1: yeah he's not just he's not he's only not only posting just the, the highest one he's uh he's got he's posting the uh league championship too so that's <laughs> yeah. uh if you get yeah. the world yeah. series you've got to have both i uh but, but i'm just so happy with this franchise i think the biggest thing is, is sometimes they'll go through stretches where they they don't play very well and i'm one of these fans who uh we'll get into spot checking if things aren't going very well and i tell people don't don't Die with this. I mean, it's yeah. they'll get hot again, and you want to you want to watch every pitch because this team is that good, and uh, and I think that they are that good, and uh, they've won three out of seven, and that's with some guys not producing much of anything, and the pitchers not producing as much as they can or as many innings as they can, and they'll be fine. They'll be fine because they've they got track records, most yes. of them, and the yes. ones that don't are impressing us. I mean, you know the Jolkes and the uh the uh, uh guys like that are, are impressing us when they're getting a chance I actually I like the second catcher too he's not hit much but uh I I like him I like what he looks like in the box and uh, he's also a pretty good hitter and I think he surprised them with uh, his ability to catch so I don't think they're going to be going after any veteran backups like they did last year I think they've got they got one down there Lee and in the miners and they got two two guys up here one's a defensive type guy and gives them a little bit of options uh, but it'll be interesting to see how it, uh, how it works out. I think the team will be fine.
0: Well Greg, it's always a pleasure and when I'll just finish it up by saying you talk about dynasties and doing well in the postseason and it helps when you have the current mr. October, Jose Altuve and the former Mr. October. Reggie Jackson both in your organization. So uh yeah it's that, that's that's a big difference but Greg, uh so so good to catch up with you again.
1: Well it's great to be with you and the one thing on that note uh I never realized Reggie was as small as he is. Did you?
2: Yeah I man now, I he may have, he may have lost bulk
1: but he's not tall and I I did not realize that.
2: Greg, I said the same thing, and I bet you saw the same picture I did. It was Mm -hmm. him and Jordan Alvarez the other Mm -hmm. day on social. They were shaking hands or right next to each other. And I was like, being a kid, you know, I never got to enjoy (laughs) Reggie, you know, being Reggie. You know, I saw him late, and I barely remember him, but – I thought he was larger than life, figuratively yeah. and literally. And in seeing him next to Jordan, 6'5", 270, whatever Jordan is, it's like, man, yeah, Reg, it's like Altuve next to Judge. You see that meme all the time.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, but, you know, <laughs> okay, I'm giving him a break because obviously he's not in the weight room like he was when he played. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's shorter. He's tall. He's just smaller in general. But uh, he was quite a player, and the Astros are lucky to have him, and uh, he's lucky, I guess, to have this gig because – They actually are paying attention to him from what I read. So that's important.
0: We'll catch up with you again soon, Greg. Love having you. Thanks
1: a bunch. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye,
2: Greg. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk.
0: Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Go! Oh.